Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show. I am William Kramer, and I'm with my co-host, Aaron Bontrager. We cover local sports, including the Northern Indiana Conference and the Northern Lakes Conference, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart Counties. We also cover college and pro sports. Today, we will talk about high school basketball, college basketball, and the NBA. We are recording on March 12, 2023, and we are recording our 30th episode. Aaron, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. We've got a lot to talk about. How about the selection shows today for men and women? We had a full uh, slate of regional games this past weekend. Uh, and also the NBA action. There's a lot of good updates there, so I can't wait to get started. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's start with topic number one, Indiana High School Boys Basketball Regional Recap. And we're going to start off in Class 4A, and this was played at the Michigan City Regional. We had Penn and Chesterton, uh, and what a game this was in regards to the coaching matchup. You're talking about uh, Al Rose at Penn, Indiana Hall of Famer, uh, and then uh, one of the hottest coaches in the state, Urban, Mm. or Mark Urban, I should say. And uh, to the surprise of many, Chesterton led for most of the game, but the Mr. Indiana basketball candidate, Marcus Burton, he led the fourth quarter comeback to secure Penn's eighth regional title in school history where they won 73-60. to 60. Now, Burton had 34 points to 21 of those coming in the second half on 7-7 seven seven shooting from the field. Uh, Joey Garwood added 17. Yeah, like you alluded to, Will Chesterton gave everything they had in this game against Penn. For a while, it looked like they were going to maybe pull the surprise of the weekend and shock the Kingsmen, but... Uh, the senior-laden Penn squad never wavered, just kept playing their game. You know, Aaron, I look back at the Penn schedule. They have not had a tough game since, like, middle of January when, remember, Warsaw kind of yeah. surprised people in this area with, like, 50 to 40. Uh, since that game, Penn has been quite on a roll, and you just wonder, yes, that's good for Penn, but how is that preparing them for the big-timers in the state of Indiana class four? Right? So we'll see how that story runs into and we're going to get into that um, when we preview the semi-state for class 4 right and then in the other game at the Michigan City Regional Hammond Central knocked off Mishawaka 59 to 46 uh, Hammond Central came out really strong showed their athleticism and the Cayman were down 20 at half uh, Hammond Central really imposed their will especially on the defensive end, they just pretty much stymied the Cayman offense. But Mishawaka did claw their way back into this one. In the second half, they held Hammond Central to zero points in that in the third quarter. Uh, and Mishawaka would even get as close as six points, so quite a comeback. However, the Wolves of Hammond Central really rallied in that fourth to win the game, and they got their 26th win of the season. Yeah, you know, it's just a great first year at Mishawaka for Coach Bender. A 20-win season, plus ending the sectional drought. Mm-hmm. The Cavemen will lose three important seniors, but Mishawaka will be a team to deal with again next year, Aaron. Yeah, definitely. And I think 
I was listening to Coach Bender on the radio about how his team accomplished their main goal this year was to win that sectional. So, you know, I, I, I agree, Will. There will be a team to keep on our radar again next year. And then we turn to the 3A South Bend Washington Regional. Um, the first game, uh, Northwood really dominated Lake Station to a 72-35 win. Northwood was pretty much in control from the jump. Um, Coach Wolf's guys came out, scored the first 11 points, and didn't really look back. Uh, Cade Brenner was on fire. He had 31 points to kind of, well, he didn't kind of. He did lead Northwood. First regional win since 2007. You know, Tyler Roche also had a really nice game inside. He's like a magic eraser. He had multiple blocks. He really cleaned up the glass as well. And, you know, the whole, credit the whole team. They were really locked in, and they lived up to their number one defense in the state. You know, Lake Station guard, and they're predominantly a guard team, uh, they were quite bothered by Northwood's length inside. You talk about, uh, you know, sit seven, sit sits down low, uh, and, and trying to score against that is very difficult, uh, which makes – the jump shot game even more important for Lake Station, and uh, you know, unfortunately for Lake Station, they just miss a lot of those mm-hmm. shots. But give credit to Northwood defense, like you said, uh, for that poor shooting. I will say this: uh, we were both at that game, and that crowd. Would you say was probably seventy five percent a pro Northwood crowd? Uh, so yeah, fair assessment. Yeah. So, I mean, that crowd had a huge impact, I think, on the game as well. Anytime Northwood scored, it was, especially that first minute or two, it was like, boom, crowd noise was huge. Yeah, I was getting the warning on my Apple Watch. The decibel level was getting a little high. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, the other game there at South Bend Washington Regional was, well, South Bend Washington and John Glenn. Uh, this happens to be the third time they play in the sectional, I believe, in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington's game plan was to stop Bryson Hanna. Uh, Bryson did a good job of passing out of the double team to open teammates. And to the teammates' credit, they kept making these big-time shots, forcing Coach Varga and, and his staff to change their defensive schemes in the second half. Now, Washington did come out in the second half, and got out of their zone, if you will, and went to more of a pressure half-court defense, which actually worked better than the, than the zone did. Now, Washington's pressure forced Glenn to shoot hurried shots, and missed, uh, and Glenn missed more shots, which led to transition points for the Washington Panthers. Now, Washington did roar back in the fourth quarter, and they actually tied the game at 53 points apiece. However, mm-hmm. John Glenn made enough plays down the stretch when it mattered the most, to win the regional. Yeah, congrats to Coach Hanna and the team for winning their second regional in school history. You know, some would argue that last year's John Glenn team was better than this year's team, but this team has gone further in the tournament and beyond what many people expected. Uh, yeah, we also want to congratulate Coach Varga and South and Washington on a solid year. They won a sectional title as well. You know, Washington is one in six against uh, John Glenn in her last seven games. Uh, so it, uh, John Glenn Falcons have been the Achilles 
appeal for this Washington team uh, for whatever reason. But credit to John Glenn um, for winning the regional that's up in Washington. Yes. Uh, then in the 1A Triton Regional, uh, Couts got the better of Bethany Christian, 44-40. to 40. Uh, Bethany came out early, took the early lead, 12-5, to 5, end of the first quarter. But the Mustangs, uh, I was, I heard they had a fi- all five starters were seniors, so their experience and patience on offense kind of helped them get back into this game. They cut it to two at half, a fourteen to twelve score, and the offense would pick up in the second half. Um, Bethany would take a twenty six twenty five lead into the fourth. However, the Bruins couldn't hold on as Couch scored nineteen to Bethany's fourteen in that final quarter. You know, you alluded to something that is uh, key, I think, in the playoffs, which is when teams get down early, I think the default mode is to panic and Mm -hmm. shoot yourself into a bigger hole. Uh, But it seems like Couch was patient uh, and got, I'm assuming, got some good shot selections Mm -hmm. and climbed back into that game. Now, Tyson Chubb had 14 points, Justin Hostetler had 12 to lead Bethany in scoring. Uh, the Bruins finished their season at 15 and 11. Yeah, we want to congratulate Coach Mass, his players, and his staff. Bethany had a nice winning year. We got their sectional championship as well. And they'll have some senior talent coming back. So I feel like this Bruins team will be trending up again next year. Okay, so good times for Bruins basketball, both boys and girls. Let's move on and talk about topic number two. That's the semi-state pairings happening this weekend. And we still have a couple of teams in our area still playing. You know, let's start with Class 4A at Michigan City. You know, things are going to get serious now for the Penn Kingsmen as all these teams are capable of beating them. Now, Penn plays Hammond Central at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Hammond Central's only loss is to a solid Whitney Young team out of Chicago, about the 23-8, uh, that Whitney Young team. The Wolves beat Chesterton by seven points. They also had close games with Lake Central, Valpo, and Munster uh, in the sectional final, the Munster game, where they had to survive a last-second shot. Penn has seen athletic teams like Hammond in the regular season, but I think the difference with this team is that the Wolves are actually skilled, pretty skilled as well as athletics. Now, Penn has seen about every defense imaginable. Uh, Marcus Burton is a special talent, as everybody knows. The supporting cast for Penn will need to be a factor, as I think Hammond will focus on shutting down Burton. Now, Penn is 8-1 and against the top 64, while Hammond Central is 8-0 and against the top 64. Uh, Penn has played the 59th toughest schedule, while Hammond has the 91st toughest schedule. I like the Kingsmen to beat Hammond Central in close games. You know, a guy to watch for on Hammond Central will be Kenneth Grant. Uh, he's been getting some college uh, attention, if you will. Mm-hmm. A very solid guy, uh, kind of does a lot for uh, the Wolves. Uh, Kokomo will be favored to beat Fort Wayne Wayne. Uh, two words for you guys. <laughs> Flory Bidunga, and hopefully I said that last name correctly, 
He's the number one prospect in the class of 2024 in the country. The 6'10 center dominates inside. He's going to make it hard for Fort Wayne Wayne to attack the basket, and that's what Fort Wayne does well. Uh, so I think they're going to struggle to score inside. They'll have to knock down jumpers. Uh, now, fortunately for Fort Wayne, they have three guys that are all shooting above 45%, and that is Barnes, Lewis, and Comer. And all three of those guys will need to consistently knock down three to keep them in this game. I like Kokomo beating Wayne to set up a huge showdown between two great high-profile players in the semi-state championship between Penn and Kokomo. That'll be at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Penn has the size and Gatetti and Durda to deal with Flurry. I think they need to take turns using up fouls to defend him. Uh, I think this game will be won or lost by the guard play. Uh, who can get better guard play, Penn or Kokomo? Uh, who can make the most plays down the stretch? You know, which star, Flory or Marcus, will have a bigger impact? Uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, Will, on this one. This this is a big-time potential semi-state final matchup. I, I think I'm going to pick Penn to win the semi-state, but like you said, I think these teams have a chance to knock off Penn, especially Kokomo. Yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting semi-state. Yeah. can't wait. All right, now we move to the 3A Elkhart semi-state. Northwood got a nice draw in being able to play at the historic Northside Gym in Elkhart. They will face Fort Wayne Dwinger, who's now 13-13 and on the season. They do have a tougher strength of schedule. That's number 71 to Northwood's number 105. But then you look at just the Sagan ratings overall. Northwood, of course, has the highest in Class 3A and number five overall in the state compared to number 21 for Dwinger in Class 3A. Uh, I looked up their schedules. I think Concordia is the only similar opponent. Uh, Northwood dismantled Concordia or Fort Wayne Concordia in Game 2 of the season, while Dwinger just got by them in the sectional championship by a point. I think you also look at the Saints... They also lost to St. Joe, so I guess this is the second common opponent, Common opponent, while Northwood really dominated the Indians. Uh, I believe that was in January. Yeah, you know, Aaron, I, I think Northwood just has more skill than Dwinger. Dwinger's kind of big, but their bigs are not that skilled. I like the Panthers winning this game here. Totally agree, Well, The Panthers can hurt you inside and out on offense. And then not to mention their defense just really gets teams out of what they want to do with ball pressure in the half court, contesting those shots at the rim, and then forcing teams to some tough, tough jumpers. You know, I was doing some digging on Jer- John Harrell's site here, and both these coaches and schools have some postseason history. If you look back to... The more recent postseason matchup was in the 2013-14 season. They met in the regional semifinal. The Saints won that time 50-44. to Go back to the 2011-2012 season. Same scenario, regional semifinal game. Northwood won by three. So I thought that was interesting. So there is some history with one another as far as coaching philosophies. They'll, they'll, they'll both be well-prepared. Um, so, yeah. 
I like Northwood though. <laughs> All right, going with the Northwood Panthers. Uh, Delta and John Glenn are the other game in this semi-state at Elkhart, Northside. Delta has played a tougher schedule, Aaron, but John Glenn has actually performed better in those tougher games. Uh, again, we're talking about the top 64 here. Uh, Delta has some size in Hood and Wars, both at six foot three, and both are their top two scorers. Now, John Glenn will not have the size advantage inside like they did against Washington, which means that Delta won't necessarily need to double team on Hannah mm-hmm. and can therefore lock down their perimeter shooters like uh, Joseph Trap Louis and Chase Miller. Now I give Glenn the slight edge in coaching is you know I think people tend to forget that Hannah has already won a state title at Oregon Davis, while Mark Detwiller has never made it out of the sectional despite actually having forty nine more wins than Hannah does. Now Travis and Mark have forty nine years of coaching experience combined. Uh, this is going to be a fascinating matchup coaching-wise. This feels like a toss-up. John Glenn should have a good crowd as Elkhart is not a far drive, whereas uh, Delta has to travel nearly two hours just to get to Elkhart. Yeah, well, I I kind of like the clutch factor of John Glenn. Like you said, they've they've played better against the top or te- the top teams they've faced. And they stayed really poised in that regional final. I felt like just watching the Washington was win the game, but John Glenn found a way to win. I like their perimeter shooting, of course. I like Bryson Hannon. Hannah, he's a load. I, I was really impressed watching him play. Uh, and like I think Delta has a slightly higher Sagarin rating, but as we know, uh, we can kind of throw those rankings and records out. But yeah, I, I kind of like John Glenn to win, just like you. I give them a slight edge. I think I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Well, we kind of like uh, the two area teams to meet in the semi-state final, and we both like Northwood to win the semi-state. Yeah, you know I agree. That's a solid pick, and uh, we'll see if both of our area teams can win those first games in the Elkhart semifinal. Okay, let's take our first break here, and when we come back, we will talk about topic number three, the all-NIC boys basketball list. You can listen to the Will and Aaron Show podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Follow us on Twitter at Will Aaron Show. You can follow the Will and Aaron Show Facebook page where you can interact by commenting, liking, sharing, and reviewing our podcast. Welcome back to the Will and Aaron Show. Uh, topic number three, the all-NIC boys basketball uh, first team, second team, honorable mention here. You know, Aaron, I think the NIC got it right. Uh, you could possibly make an argument for Joey Garwood to replace Darion Thornton on the first team. Both have similar stats, and Joey is on a team that went undefeated in conference. Mm. Uh, I do like the second team. List and the honorable mention, so. Yeah, it, it feels like they did get it right. So, we're going to play a little game here, and we're going to pick five starters. Now, here's the rules. We cannot pick a player that someone else picked. All right, so we're only going to pick five, and then on our social media, Facebook and Twitter, 
you can vote to see which team do you think would win the starting five. And we're only picking from the first team, second team, or potentially the honorable mention list. Okay? Aaron, I'm going to give you the honor here, (laughs) and I'm going to let you pick first, and I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to pick. Yeah, you got to pick Marcus Burton. <laughs> you you have to. Uh, and I agree with you. I would have picked him first uh, if I had the first pick here. Okay, I'm going to go with Mark, the other Marcus from Washington. Marcus Northern. You know what? I really love this game. He may have, other than Marcus, he may have the second best mid pull-up mid-range jumper in the conference. Uh, and he's a competitor, not only that, but he does things the right way on and off the court. Uh, so he's my number one pick in this draft. That's a good one. I'm going to go, this might seem like an, I don't know. I don't know if I'm picking too early, but I'm going to go Bryce and Hannah for my number okay. two pick. Give You're my, going Bryce uh, my player. <laughs> Bryson Hanna out of John Glenn is the third overall pick here in the draft. All right, so I'm going to go with um, another guard in uh, Daglin Sullivan from Marion uh, High School. I think he's one of the most underrated, crafted, one-on-one guards in our league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's such a... He can dribble so low and change so quickly um, that he's very good at, at attacking, creating for others, and creating for him. And he's very smart as well. So I like him. I think he, he's a good, very solid guard. All right, you got the first two picks. I'm going to get the third and fourth pick, and then you can get that last pick okay. for the fifth. Okay, so I'm going to pick first in round number three. Uh, I'm going to get myself a big here, and I'm going to go with Penn's Josh Gattetti here out of Penn. Um, I, I think he's kind of underrated. Uh, and he would His stats would be higher on any other team. Mm. He, uh, but it's because, you know, so much oxygen is taken by the guards, you know, Garwood yeah. and, and Burton, even that Smith player. Uh, there's just not a lot of oxygen for him. But uh, I think he's very efficient with uh, the, the time he does have. Uh, one might argue that maybe he could pick it up on the rebounding end a little bit. But you know what? He he does so much for them, you know, at the basket defensively, uh, making it difficult for guards to get their shots up, uh, etc. So I got Josh Gattetti at my number three pick. Who do you got for your third pick? I think I'm going to go Darion Thornton, Mishwaka, Marion. Okay. That's a solid pick there. You know, he's a guy who's a stretch of floor guy. He can mm-hmm. shoot threes. He also can drive a little bit. Um, and then he's, he rebounds the ball well for the Knights there. So, solid pick there for number three. Uh, I'm going to go for my fourth pick. Um, I'm going to go with Chase. Kinesi from St. Joe. Uh, I think he's a very good scorer. Um, and he's long. He can shoot over guys. 
Um, I've got Chase there for my fourth pick. Who do you got in your fourth pick? Oh, this is where it's getting tougher. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I think I want to go. I think I'll go Amir Harris from Clay. Another another kid who can create some offense. Okay. Uh, so you're going with Amir. What a year he had for Clay. Yeah. You know, he helped Clay to 11 wins this season and uh, was consistently one of their leading scorers. So he had a great, great season. That's your number uh, four pick. Who do you got for your fifth pick? Um, you know what? I'm going to go. Man. <laughs> This is tough. Yes, yeah, tough. I'll go with the second teamer. I'm gonna go. I'll go Jace Lee St. Joe. Oh, that's a solid pick, Aaron. He's a, he. I, I, to be quite honest, I would have no issue with him being on a first team. Yeah. Uh, he had what 32 points just recently. He exploded in the tournament. Yeah. I think it was against Jimtown. Uh, he's a stud athlete going to Notre Dame, play baseball. Solid pick for your fifth pick there. You know, I need a three-point specialist. Uh, and I think I'm going to go with Penn's uh, Joey Garwood. It's a good one. You know, I, he is just getting better and better as the season goes on. I think his confidence is going up. Um, he's a solid spread uh, or, you know, kind of stretch the floor shooter. Um, and I like him, you know, hanging out in a three-point line, catching and shooting. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to uh, bend the rule a little bit because uh, <laughs> there's so many good players. We each are going to have two sub, okay? So you're going to pick. I'm going to pick my first sub, okay? And then you can have the first pick for your second sub. Okay. Okay? For number, your uh, number two sub. All right, so my first sub, I am going to pick from South Bend, Washington. He's a senior, and quite honestly, I don't think Washington goes as far without him. Mm. And that is the Elkhart transfer, Eric uh, No Centelli. Uh, he really caught fire the last several games for Washington. Yeah, that's a good one. Aaron, who's your number one sub? Uh, try not to. I'll just do it anyways, even though I've already I got Bert, and I'm gonna go Joe Smith. I think what he did to Elkhart. <laughs> if if no one knew anything about Penn, you would have thought he was their best player in that first half. But I think he he can shoot shoot with the best of them in this conference. Oh, okay. You know he is a solid uh, guy. Uh, and he does so much for Penn. Yeah. Ball handling, shooting, penetrating, competitor, just high energy dude. So, mm-hmm. and he's smart. Uh, I believe he has like a above a 4.0 GPA. So, wow. All right. Uh, do I have first pick or you have first pick? I can't remember what I said. I, I, I forget now. Okay. 
Uh, yo, oh, I pick Eric first. You okay. got the first pick in this last go here. I'm gonna go. I'll go with a freshman sharpshooter, Stephen Reynolds. Ooh, Stephen Reynolds. Okay. Uh, that's a solid pick. I mean, the guy's already getting Division One big time yeah. looks. Uh, IU, Purdue, etc. So that that dude can shoot the ball. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh Terrence Reed, and here's the reason why. I want a lockdown defensive guy who's gonna mm-hmm. shut someone down, and there's no one better in the NIC, in my humble opinion. That can just shut someone down on the perimeter like Terrence Reed does. He is a machine on defense, uh, and also he's he's actually got a good basketball IQ. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Terrence Reed. Now, uh, this is an interesting list we got, and I cannot <laughs> wait to see how people vote to see who wins these this game, this hypothetical game between Team Aaron and Team Will. Either on Facebook or Twitter, you can vote. Okay, Aaron, let's do topic number four, and that is the IHSA Girls All-State. Last week, we presented all the uh, winners, or I, I guess the uh, candidates that were selected. And why don't you walk us through? We accidentally left someone out. Yeah, it was just a little housekeeping. We forgot to mention Kyra Hill from Goshen. Uh, she was named to the All-State Honorable Mention for the underclass. Uh, she had a really good season in junior. Comes from a very athletic family, and they get it done off and on and off the court in the Hill family. So congratulations to her and all the rest of the girls in our area. What a great season for girls basketball in our area. All right, now we're going to move on to topic five, college basketball. Start with the NAIA and finish up in the Division One for both men's and women's. So the IUSB men lost to Indiana Tech, 82-57 to in the first round of the NAIA tourney. You know, the Titans were down 15 and a half. Um, Indiana Tech really shot the ball well from deep. They were playing in their home gym, so they really shot it well, 55%, while IUSB only shot it 52% from deep. And they also got out-rebounded by 12 in this game. The Titans did have four players in double figures, one of which was Kenny Washington, who with his 11 points in this game surpassed the 1,000-point career mark. You know, IOSB had a really solid year. They finished at they finished now at 23-9. and nine. So Bethel University, they lost to Dort University in Iowa, 101-92 in the first round of the NAIA tournament. Drew Lutt scored 40 points. However, that was not enough. Uh, Bethel does play on Wednesday, March 15th in the NCCAA tournament against Ecclesia College, which is hosted by Grace College at 7 p.m. Bethel is the number one overall seed. There are a total of eight teams. So they played eight-seeded Ecclesia. Now, whether they win or lose, they will still play on Thursday with the championship on Friday. Notre Dame lost to Virginia Tech 67-64 in the ACC tournament. The Irish closed the season with an 11-21 record. You know, Aaron, Notre Dame will look a lot different next season. 
new faces on the staff, new faces on the roster. Yeah, and I'm really curious who they'll pursue as coach. You know, will they go the younger coach route or they go after a veteran coach? So some of the list I've seen that kind of interests me had Micah Shrewsbury, of course, who has ties to Indiana, the state of Indiana. Other interesting names to me that I've heard are former players Chris Quinn, um, who's currently coaching with the Miami Heat. He's on Spolstra's staff. What have you heard about this job? Well, Micah, as you mentioned, is a hot name right now in college basketball. Obviously, his team just lost to the Purdue in the Big Ten title by two points. Uh, obviously, Quinn has Notre Dame connections. Another name I'm hearing is Colgate Matt uh, Langle. He has guided the Raiders to a 26-8 season, clinched their fourth NCAA tournament bid in the past five years. Another name being floated around is Ohio State's head coach, Chris Holtman. He has been the conference coach of the year for three different conferences, including the Big South while he was at Gardner-Webb, the Big East while he was at Butler, and, of course, the Big Ten with his current school, Ohio State. Now, of course, Mike Bray has indicated he is not done coaching. He wants to continue to coach. And his name has been linked to the Georgetown opening for the Hoyas. So how about that, Aaron? Yeah, that, that's interesting. I know he has ties to the D.C. area. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. For uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, number 19, Indiana, who they beat Maryland in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten Tournament fueled by a stretch where they went on a 20-2 to run in the second half. Then in the semifinals, they couldn't complete the comeback against Penn State. So Penn State has had Indiana's number this year. Yeah, I mean, 0-3 against the Nittany Lions for the Hoosiers. <laughs> you know, IU gave up 12 second-chance points on nine offensive rebounds to a team that's not known this year as an offensive rebounder team. So that was a concern for IU. Penn State went 23 from 26 from the free throw line, outscoring the Hoosiers by 14 points at the charity stretch. That was the second concern. The third concern for Indiana is they just had no answer for Jalen Pickett. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. as good as Jalen Hood has been, uh, Pickett had the better day. I used perimeter shooting was atrocious. And yet, despite all <laughs> of those things happening, they still had a chance to win the game at the end. Just a big disappointment if you're an IU fan. Perhaps maybe if you try to glean anything positive out of this loss to the Penn State, maybe they, the extra day of rest will help IU build some momentum as they head into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it could be a little blessing in disguise for us IU fans. So Indiana finished the regular season 20 or. They're now 22-11. and 11. They were selected as a number four seed in the Midwest region. They will face number 13, Kent State, who is 28-6. How do you feel about Indiana's path? Well, you're an IU fan. This brings good memories as the last <laughs> time IU played Kent State, it went very well for the Hoosiers. Yeah. This was the game before they upset uh, uh, Duke. Mm-hmm. That was uh, the five and one matchup. Duke was the first, number one seed. IU was the fifth seed at Rupp Arena at Kentucky. Um, but uh, Kent State is no slouch. Uh, they barely lost to Houston on the road and Gonzaga. Uh, I like TDJ 
or TJD, I should say, to lead the Hoosiers past Kent State. Uh, I use roster on paper. I think it's just simply better than Kent State's. Uh, I do think this is going to be a close game, though. This will be a defensive struggle, and points will come at a premium. Yeah. This game will be played in the high 60s, low 70s. If, uh, if IU can beat Kent State, you know, I think uh, they'll face uh, the winner of Miami or Drake. I think I have Miami beating Drake. Uh, mm. This is where I think IU will struggle, though. In the second round, Miami is experienced. They just went to the Elite Eight last year. Uh, Miami is a veteran group, big and athletic. Uh, and uh, Nigel Pack, Miami's fourth leading scorer, that might ring a bell to some of you guys because he played at Indianapolis Lawrence Central in 2019-2020 season as a senior. Okay. Nigel wasn't even a leading scorer on that Bears team that went 22-3. and three. <laughs> so I think Miami is the better offensive shooting team. I just do. Uh, IU will have to be efficient on offense to win. High percentage shot. Getting good quality look. I would be surprised if IU makes it to the Swiss team this year. I think Big Ten teams in general will struggle beyond the opening rounds. What say you, Aaron? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, I feel like looking at the past evidence, I mean, the Big Ten teams do struggle overall. I think it's Michigan State was the last team to win the yes. whole thing. So, yeah. I'm trying to be hopeful as an IU fan and someone who will probably cheer for some of the Big Ten teams. But, yeah, I agree with you, Will. It's gonna, it's, I, hope, I hope we're wrong, but... It just seems like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, they got to break the curse because uh, Mateen Kaleems and uh, company uh, were the last ones that reigned champions in the Big Ten. Now, number five, Purdue, they beat Rutgers 70-65 in the Big Ten tournament quarterfinals. They beat Ohio State 80-66 in the semifinals. And then they beat Penn State today 67-65 for its first Big Ten tournament title since 2009. Of course, that was the year that uh, Robbie Hummel and Etwan Moore led the Boilermakers to the Sweet 16 when they lost to UConn. Now, Zach Eady was named to the all-tournament team, as well as, I believe, I use uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, Purdue was selected as the last number one seed in the NCAA tournament and will play in the East region and face the winner of Texas Southern and Farley Dickinson in Columbus, Ohio. Purdue's path to a Final Four is not easy, and Purdue will, I think, will win their first round game. Memphis just beat Houston in the AAC title game. You know, Aaron, it would not shock me if Memphis upsets Purdue in the round of 32. Purdue has struggled against full-court pressure, especially in the Big Ten tournament. Mm. And Memphis, believe me, Memphis is athletic, and they will apply pressure all game, or at least they should, if they've been watching any kind of film lately. Even if Purdue beats Memphis, I think they lose to Duke or Tennessee. Yeah, man, I could, I could see that too. It feels like Purdue really missed their shot last year. Doesn't it? It's just like, how did they not? How did they not get to that final four last year? But 
who knows, maybe the freshman guards from Indiana can kind of make some history this year. All right, if we turn now to women's college basketball, we'll start with the NAIA, and we'll talk about IUSB first. The Lady Titans lost a close one to Jamestown, 73-68. to An incredible year for Coach Bruce and his players as they fell just short of advancing to the second round. The team finishes the year 28-3, which makes them the winningest, winningest team in their school history. Indiana got the number one seed. They are entering their ninth postseason appearance and will play the winner of the Tennessee Tech Monmouth winner at Bloomington. Now, IU is expected to make a deep run. I think Michigan, LSU, or Utah will pose Indiana with the biggest challenge in the Elite Eight. Third seeded Notre Dame will play 14th seeded Southern Utah in South Bend out of the Greenville region. Now, if Olivia Miles cannot play, then Notre Dame's chances of moving beyond the Sweet 16 are not looking very good. I think either Arizona or Maryland will likely knock out the Lady Irish. Mm-hmm. Purdue got an 11 seed, and they will play St. John's in the first four in Columbus, Ohio. So the Boilermakers just barely got in the tournament. If Purdue wins, they will play the six-seeded North Carolina Tar Heels in Columbus. And that will be an interesting matchup to, uh, there. Yeah. See how these these girls' teams in our area do. Um, let's turn to some NBA. Focusing on the Bulls and Pacers this week, this past week, as they both are... I don't know. It feels like both are making a push into the play-in spots. Uh, both teams did well this week. The Bulls are now 31-36, and and they are in the 10th spot of the East. They went 2-0. They dominated the Denver, Denver Nuggets, 117-1. to or, I'm sorry. They dominated the Denver Nuggets, 117-96. to Big man Vucevic had 25-15. Uh, the double-double there. Levine had a big night with 29 points. That game kind of surprised some people around the league. Uh, and the Pacers are now 31-37. and They're in the 12th seed. They also went 2-0 and this week. They beat Houston and, and Detroit. Uh, Jalen Smith had a nice game. He had 11 of his 20 in the fourth quarter against Detroit. And Tyrese Halliburton had a huge game as he helped his team win an overtime against Houston. His stat line was this, 28 points and a career-high 19 assists. And he hit that, hit another clutch three in overtime to kind of seal the win. And now we look at the 5-7-4 update. We took a break from that last week. Um, Blake Wesley, a couple nights ago, he was reassigned to the G League. And this was mainly due to some veteran guards on San Antonio's roster coming back from injury. Wesley has shown flashes of his speed on both ends of the court. He's averaging 4.9 points and 1.5 assists on 15, just over 15 minutes a game. And that's been a stretch of 21 games. So, and before being reassigned, he's played in 17 straight Spurs games. You know, it's not bad for the 19 year old rookie who uh, kind of 
kind of showing that he can he has a spot potentially as a bench player. I'm not sure what his ceiling is. We'll see how he develops being so young. Uh, his first assignment back in the G League, G League was promising. He dropped 30 points, which has been a career high in the G League. So, yeah, he's going to get a lot more playing time, of course, with the Austin Toros. Um, and now we turn to Jaden Ivey, who this week has been a little bit rough. He's in the health and safety protocols. He missed the game against the Pacers. And Ivy is averaging 15, just over 15 points, just under five assists, and just under four rebounds on uh, 47% shooting. And this is over 30 minutes per game average. And we wish him a speed recovery as his team is not faring well as they have the worst record in the league right now. So it's a little update on the NBA. Will, you have any thoughts about the NBA? You know what? Uh, this is the time when the NBA gets really interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, teams are racing for a better seed. You know, they're competing to get in the playoffs. Uh, so, get right in here. This is going to be a great time for the NBA. Can't wait. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Out of stretch. Great time for some basketball. Uh, we really appreciate you listening to our show. Tune in next time as we will uh, go over the semi-state and other college and pro sports. <laughs>